Hello and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. It's our goal here at Building HVAC Science to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goals of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Now, sometimes I leave the R off of HVAC and I really should keep it in there. HVACR, refrigeration, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, refrigeration. Today, we speak with Trevor Matthews, and we find out about how mindset and determination made the mentor. That's Trevor Matthews. Trevor shares with us his fascinating story from the moment he shifted his life interest from travel and surfing into the trades, and as this led to forming the Refrigeration Mentor, which is a training, education, and mentorship program, organization, business that he created out of nothing for the refrigeration trade. Some notable thoughts from this episode. You can get a handle on anything with your mindset. Another one is be prepared to pay the price in time and effort to get what you want. And important, small experiences accumulate and they become your own. Also, you need to put in the reps, reading and studying to reach your goal. And stay focused don't drift. Trevor's got a number of ways of reaching him. There's a bunch of links in the show notes, but let's get into the conversation with Trevor Matthews and find out how mindset and determination made the mentor. Trevor, how are you doing today? Bill, so good, brother. So good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. I love your tagline in a lot of places in your email and stuff. Let's get a conversation going. That's a very friendly way to approach people and to leave people with that thought. Where does that come from? It just floated out of my mouth one time starting my videos. When I first started making videos, I thought, this is really cool. I love talking to people. I love having conversations. And I said it at one of the end of the videos. And actually, it's a funny thing is I just kept doing it and I just didn't know I was doing it. And my sister, she was like, Trevor, you know, you got a, is it called a schlick? I don't even know the word or stick. And that just means that is that's your saying. And I went back and I listened to a couple of the videos because I wasn't really comprehending. I'm like, I say that every video. I'm like, okay. so then I just kept going with it. Let's get a conversation going. For the listeners that don't know you, give us some background. What have you led up to this point in your career where you're doing this project, your own thing called Refrigeration Mentor? So yeah, back in 2004, I didn't even know what refrigeration or HVAC was, to be honest with you. We had a wood burning stove in my house. There was no air conditioner, <laughs> oil heat. It was oil and wood fire heat. So I didn't really know refrigeration besides the fridge in my house. So where I was from, it was like, you need to go to college. You need to go to university or you will not get a job. You need to do that. So that's what I did. I went and took a business degree, not knowing. I just turned 18, very new. And I did this college university thing that I spend a lot of money on and I didn't invest the time that I could have if I was older and had been a bit wiser. So after I finished my degree or my diploma, I said, I need to do something because I was working a $14 an hour job or something. I'm like, I got a forty, fifty thousand $50,000 student loan that I got to pay back and I need to do something. So I went back to actually become a bartender. I was in going to be a bartender because I knew you could travel and you can make a little bit of money. It wasn't a lot, but I was looking for the travel aspect. And then I actually met somebody who was going to become an HVAC and refrigeration technician. I didn't have a clue what that was. So I, as you know, let's get a conversation going. I'm pretty personal from being from the East Coast of Canada, but I started striking up this conversation. I asked them what they were doing. They're like, oh, I'm going to 
become a HVAC refrigeration technician. I'm like, well, what's that? Well, you know, when you go into a grocery store and you take your milk out, that's the people install that service, that maintenance. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's interesting <laughs> because I just pull it out and I just, I bought groceries before. Did the magnitude and pervasiveness of refrigeration start to sink in at that point? Not at that point, because it was still like, if I talk to someone about refrigeration, they still don't have a clue. They know that things are cold and that's it. It's like air conditioner. Most people hope they don't understand. So then I asked, can you travel with this? I was like, do you need refrigeration around the world? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you do need the refrigeration. But then I was like, well, how much you get paid? Well, my dad does it and he got $50 an hour. I'm like, sold. So that day... I went in and I registered to become HVAC technician. So I started out in an HVAC course. So I took a one-year course that was 12 months, 20, 30. I can't remember how many hours a week, but it's every week for 12 months. And then I got a gas ticket and an oil ticket. Explain those terminology because you mentioned East Coast of Canada. So you started to geolocate yourself. Help others understand what a gas ticket Okay, so actually I was in Ontario, Canada this time, Ottawa, a place called Ottawa, and I got a gas fitter, I think that's gas fitter two ticket, there's three and two. So what that is, is here in Canada, you need to be licensed to work on any natural gas or propane. So you have to have a ticket to say that you took training that you can work up to a 400,000 BTU system. So that's the license I got. So any really package unit here in Canada, or if you're working on anybody's central air furnace here because we have a lot of natural gas in Ontario. And so I had a ticket to be able to do that. So I could go to a company and just apply and say, listen, I went and took this program. I got this license. Now I need experience. So that was step one, but that wasn't interesting me. I didn't want to get into gas work. I've done it over the years, but it wasn't something that interests me. What interests me was refrigeration. I was never a math person, really, or a physics person or science person, but I enjoyed what was going on and I was learning in refrigeration. So the commercial refrigeration side, I talked to some of my teachers at the time and I asked them, like, where is the biggest area in the industry that there's the hugest potential? And they said commercial or industrial refrigeration because it's the smallest part or chiller. They also said chiller mechanics because there's tens of thousands of HVAC technicians that you're pumping them out of schools, even at that time, compared to supermarket mechanics, industrial mechanics, chiller mechanics. So I'm like, and I liked it. I liked the challenge, to be honest. Even at that time, when I was still young, I did go to university and college, didn't do very well because I didn't apply myself at the time. It was more about friends and partying and stuff like that. But when I went back to school, I'm like, man, I need to own up to this. I need to put the work in. And actually, I crushed that course, that HVAC course and refrigeration. I crushed it. I was on the dean's list and I spent the time, even though I was still out with my friends and partying, I took the time where I didn't in university and I learned, I read the books or I tried my best because I wasn't a very good reader at the time. I had to read things over and over again. But when I got into the shop classes, I was real good with my hands. And then I started to put the book stuff to stuff I like working with my hands. And I just liked that science behind it. And I didn't know it. I didn't understand it. So I was curious. And I want to understand why this does this or that. So at that time, when I finished school, I was like, where do I go next? Me and my girlfriend at the time actually moved to Hawaii for a bit. But while I was there, my sister called me up and was like, hey, I just got a letter in the mail that you owe $600 a month in student loans. I'm like, what? I'm not even making any money. I'm living on the beach. At that point in 2005 or 2006, I started to have to really think of what I'm going to do. So at the time, internet wasn't a very big thing in 2005, 2006. So I got online 
at the time. There was Google. And I looked up, I can't remember what I exactly wrote, but like the largest commercial refrigeration contractor in Canada or Western Canada. And a company call, came up called, I think what, there was Gateway that came up and maybe a couple other ones. But I made a phone call to this company. It was like 30 degrees out. And I talked to a guy named Dave Clark. And he was like, if you come here, we got a job for you. And it was in Edmonton, Alberta at the time. So I remember it was the end of January or beginning of February, just chilling out in Hawaii, surfing, loving life, because that's what I want to do is travel. And then I knew life just slapped me in the face that I need to, need to start paying these student loans. So just remember anyone who's listening, really think about before you make decisions on taking loans out, especially visa cards. I do not recommend them unless you really, really need to use them. But I had to make a decision. So I got a plane ticket and I flew from Hawaii, which was like 30 Celsius, which was like 90s, 90s into Edmonton, Alberta at the time. And in February, it's like minus 30 or 40. I was in shorts and sandals crying. My buddy picks me up. But that was the start of my refrigeration career. By refrigerating yourself. (laughs) Yeah, by refrigerating myself. I love that. But this company took me on and they started me out as I had no tools, had no thing, went, took a bus, got there. Uh, I was like a couple hours on the bus just to get there. But anyway, I get there. They said, okay, can you start? First thing was nights. I'm like, nights? I never really, I did work nights before because I worked 20 some different jobs before I got to this one. But I started working on nights installing and retrofitting supermarket refrigeration systems. Didn't have a clue, but I knew I was motivated. The one big motivator was I needed to make money. (laughs) needed to pay loans off. And I just started working. And I just started busting my butt and I've seen, and over time, what was great about the company is if you work and you put the work in, it doesn't matter what company is, you put the work, people are going to notice. So I started first, it was moving cases. So I wanted to be the best case mover. So I started moving them as best I could and learning. They said, okay, well, you're doing a good job of this. Why don't you start piping? So I started piping and learning how to pipe. And I wasn't good at first. I was making huge mistakes and leaks and stuff, but I got better and better. And I worked my ass off. And then from there... They were like, well, why don't you do some wiring? Why don't you change this compressor? And I just continued to evolve because I was pushing myself because I wanted to learn and I wanted to get better. And through that, I started to develop myself, starting to learn who I was. And I started to make a pile of money (laughs) because I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week because I was, because the work was there at the time. And from there, I spent probably three or four years doing construction, if I can remember back learning the ins and outs and blueprints and just trying to learn little tips that I could. You don't learn it all overnight, but I was, I guess I had the curiosity at the time. I feel like I was super lucky in my life in the way that for some reason, and I don't know why, that I always wanted to do a little bit more, like one more. And what I mean by that is I wanted to learn why I was piping it this way. When I first started piping, I didn't use purge with nitrogen. You make sure you use nitrogen when you're purging your brazen today. But that was something nobody talked about or even really knew about. They may have knew about it, but it was something that wasn't done until didn't feel it was important to do. Yeah. What's the problem? But it's very important now, especially after learning about it more. But I just was curious and I was wondering why. And then I started working harder and harder and they gave me more opportunities. I was willing to travel. So if you want to be, I traveled and worked all over Western Canada. They said, do you want to go here? I was like, yeah, I'll go there. You want to go here? Yeah, it's nights for three months. Yes, I'll go do that. Because I knew each time I did that, I was making way more money to get to my goal to travel. And I was also learning at the time, putting myself out there. And I highly recommend anybody who wants to be great at something, you just put the work in and then continue to be curious and continue to ask why. 
And so I did that, got into service, worked at a few more companies. My goal was to make it to Australia, moved out to Australia for a year. So got out there and was doing, I got my refrigeration ticket there. It's called an ARC license. So I had to go back to school there. So anybody who wants to travel, if there's people globally, you can do it. I get emails all the time from people. Well, can I travel here? I'd like to come to Canada. I'd like to go to this country. You got Google. It's not hard to search this stuff up. I help out as best I can. I'll send them links, but it's easy to find out back in 2009, 2010, when I did my first move or 2010, it wasn't as easy. The information wasn't as easy to find, but yeah, I got out there, did worked at our first at an air conditioning company in Perth, Australia, which was pretty cool. Once again, I was real green. I was doing more supermarket refrigeration work. Now I get into HVAC. I, honestly, I wasn't that good because I didn't know the HVAC side of it. Not that it wasn't, it was difficult, but while I was in Australia, I was also surfing, meeting people, partying a lot. But it was great of the company to take me on and give me the opportunity. Made lots of mistakes. They taught me lots. Then I started traveling through Australia. I made it all the way up to this one little town called Broome in Australia. So it's Western Australia, way up north. Most people in Australia probably don't even know where it's at because that's how far it is to boonies. But we ran out of money, me and my wife at the time. And it's like, what do we do? So we're in this little town. So it was actually my birthday. And I started going around to all the contracts. Like it's a hot place. So there's contracts. So I went and started. I had a bike. So I was biking around this little town, knocking on doors, calling people. And everyone's like, oh, no, well, we might call you. We don't have anything right now. And it's coming into the hut season for short. So it's getting busy. There's a little town that goes from, I don't know, a few thousand people to like 10 or 20,000 people in the warmer season, from the wet to the warm season. Then I came up to this one place. I biked down this long road and it's this big barn. I remember this big barn older looking and it's a kiss refrigeration on it so i went in and I knocked on the door and i talked to the lady there it was a husband and wife owning this business and i'm like hey i'm from canada i'm a refrigeration mechanic i just made it to town and i need to work i need to make some money I ran out of money and she was like when can you start can you start tomorrow i'm like sure and realizing not just excited that someone was willing and this is within the first day i was there i think maybe it was the second day because we got there late at night this is and then I got a job right away. So that's what's amazing about being in refrigeration. You get a job very quickly. The next day was actually my birthday, but I still went in and did a 13-hour shift because that's what you got to do. That's what you have to do. You got to make sacrifices or pay the price to get what you want. All right. That's what I tell a lot of people. What price are you willing to pay? I was willing to pay the day of my birthday to go and work and get a job and start to make money. And a lot of times the price here isn't like a monetary price. It's the price of the investment of your time and dedication, sticking with it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. What was amazing about that job in six weeks, I made a pile of money, which was amazing. But what was even better than all the money that I made because I was able to fly back home for a reunion, fly back to Australia afterwards from this job, is that... He taught me so much in six weeks. I worked on transport trucks, right? Because people would just drive into this little town. They were breaking down their air conditioning. We're working their RV. So I worked on RV air conditioning systems. So a lot of them, there was leaks or something. It would have been RV fridges. So a little ammonia fridges. So sometimes I would have to pull the back off. I didn't know how to do anything. He's like, take a look at it. Try to figure out if you need any help, come and grab me. This guy was real amazing. And old school too. He kept all the old parts. I thought it was like a junkyard because that's what it looked like inside it. But there were so many times that I said, oh, this is junk that I went into the pile and he said, look on this shelf and it worked. 
So I worked on little ammonia fridges there, pulling them apart. Maybe the flame wasn't working or the heating element wasn't working properly. I worked on like DC, like little coolers. Can't remember the name of them. They started with a W, but there's lots of times that the sensor would fail. So there's this one spot that you'd have to melt on the cooler because these are like little 12 volt, the runoff batteries, right? The vehicle batteries. So there's one little spot where you'd have to melt. So you'd heat up a pipe. I remember you melt it in this one certain spot to feed out the sensor so you could feed the sensor back in. And then you put like a little cap over it. Doing surgery. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all these little tips. I worked on coffee makers, espresso machines, like pop machines, like anything that would come in. There was this, even this one night, Friday night, where I hear people say all the time, oh, well, nobody wants to work. This Friday night, he asked me after a 12-hour day already, he's like, I got a call. We got the Australian naval ship here, and they're running into some issues on the boat. Guys come up with a machine, or I don't know if they're assault rifles or machine guns, whatever. They had two guys on the boat, army guys. We get on the boat. They boat us out, and I work on the garbage disposal because you got to keep your garbage cold on ships. I didn't even know that. You can't just let it decay. Yeah. So I was working on that while he was working on something else. And can't remember if it was a pressure control that was the issue at the time. It's been a while now, but it was just all these cool little experiences because I was putting myself out there, willing to go the extra mile. Like I could have said no on Friday night. I could have said, no, it's Friday. I'm going over to the pub where, where some of my friends are working. But no, I was like, let's go do it. And that was experiences that I would have lost if I would have just went and did something else. And it's just all these little things over time, these small, simple steps. I tell a lot of our apprentices, don't try to learn it all overnight. All these little things that I learned is from each day trying to learn something a little bit new. How can I apply myself a little bit more? Asking why. And even now, there's some stuff that I'm still working towards to learn, especially in my refrigeration mentor business. But those experiences, you can't take them away. And this is what I tell a lot of people. If Don't be afraid to take a risk on yourself. Move into another city, move into another country and trying out. It, it, it is scary and it is difficult. But if you have the experience and you want to gain more experience, you got to put yourself out there. You got to put the time in. You're not going to get where you want to achieve what you want if you're not putting the work in. I'll tell everyone that right now. It doesn't matter even if it's in refrigeration or not. You got to stretch yourself. I'm going to take that stretch yourself into another aspect where you talk about on your LinkedIn profile, your passion about education and personal development. Now, I'm thinking that includes both mental and physical personal development. Is that correct? Oh, 100%. I think if we can get our mindset right over, as I get older and grow, something I never even thought about before, only the last four or five years, I'm starting to get into more personal development. I always worked out. I always wanted to be healthy. I always wanted the six pack or APAC, but the beers always was a big battle with the beers over the years. You had to work out more and run more. I was lucky that I wanted to do that. And a lot of it was I wanted to have a six pack for my girlfriend or my wife and be healthy for myself. And I like the beer. So I always thought like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to balance it some way. But about four or five years ago, I started to get into a lot of personal development because I started to see myself change. And I noticed that when I acted positive. I talk more positive, got out the negative things. And if I said negative things, how it affect me. And I started to learn about myself personally more. And now I really believe if you can get a handle on your mindset, you can get a handle on really anything you do. And over the last 
four or five years, I've been diving heavily in personal development books, self-help books, going to events where people are talking about things about how to get out of a bad situation, how to motivate yourself a bit more, how to set goals, how to develop habits. And I listen to the same stuff over and over again. That's putting the reps in. It's no different than go and set a TXV. You just got to put the reps in to understand how to do it. And then you'll stop doing it all the time because you'll be like, I don't need to do this anymore. And I really believe as a technician or refrigeration professional out there, if you can really start to understand yourself, you're going to become a better professional, better technician. And it's going to help you both in your career life as well as your personal life. Excellent. There's a book I'm reading now called Atomic Habits. Uh, James Clear. Yeah. That's got a very interesting start to the book, his own personal story. Yeah. I was actually listening to the po- one of his snippets of one of his podcasts, and I actually thought it was Tim Ferriss talking at first. They sound so much alike to me. I don't know if you know who Tim Ferriss is, but he's... Yeah. Is he the 4-Hour Workweek or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that Tim Ferriss? But it says Atomic Habits on the podcast. So I went in and I checked the YouTube video, and it was actually... James Clear. And I'm like, wow, to me, they sound similar. Maybe they don't to anybody else, but I'm like. So I was looking at your website this morning, refrigerationmentor.com, correct? Yeah. I was looking at it and thinking like, there seems to be two aspects to it, both to the business owner and to the technician. Did I get that right? Yeah. So what Refrigeration Mentor is all about is about training, education, and mentorship for the commercial refrigeration industry. And that's my main focus because that's my background. I was a technician five, six years in the industry, wasn't confident, wasn't always competent, didn't always have someone to call. And I stressed out a lot, to be honest. Like I stress, like even if I fix the job and it's two hours away, I'm driving away. Did I open all the ball valves? Did I make sure the disconnect was on? Did I fix the problem? When on call would come, I would be stressed out for the whole week. Am I going to get a call? I used to wait at home and not do anything for a whole week. Because I was like, oh, if I get a call, I don't want to be out at a friend's house or I don't want to be anywhere. And over the years, I started to realize, well, that's I don't need to do that. I used to talk to my company that I work for. I'm like, I'm taking my service van out to this birthday party for my kids or for my friends, sorry, at the time. And then I started doing that. And then why I developed Refrigeration Mentor is to help the confidence and the competence of professionals out there, refrigeration technicians and contractors. So the two sides of my businesses, and I focus on supermarket refrigeration, CO2 refrigeration, as well as an air conditioning now, CO2 air conditioning, as well as compressors. So those who know me, we didn't even get into that story, getting into, I worked for Copeland and I was the national trainer for them here in Canada and I trained all over North America, but I have a compressor masterclass because I believe a lot of people think they know compressors very well, but they don't because I thought I did after being 10 years in the field or plus then going to work for a compressor manufacturer, I was like, oh man, those poor customers. <laughs> All those jobs that I did that I definitely didn't check this. And that compressor I replaced, I didn't check that. So there's definitely lots of compressors out there that I replaced or condemned that there may have not been anything wrong with them. Just because nobody gets the time usually to do these deep dives and train properly on compressors. So My compressor masterclass is probably one of the ones that will spread out through the industry. It doesn't matter if you are a commercial HVAC technician or a chiller mechanic or a refrigeration technician. That one, a lot of different people on it. So I do individual training. So if you go into my course page and upcoming courses, that's really for technicians who don't have contractors willing to invest in them. 
And I keep talking to people. You got to invest in yourself and get you to the next level because no one else is going to invest in you unless you start investing in yourself. There's lots of contractors that do hire me because one of my things is I build customized programs now. And what I'll do is I'll meet with a contractor, find out their needs, find out the technicians that they have. Well, if they hire me, then I'll reach out to every one of the professionals or technicians out there and find out what they really need. And from there, I'll build a program around that because I really believe there's so many cut and paste programs out there that doesn't really serve the full purpose to what those people in the program need. And so I really try to build courses that will work for who's in the program at the time. And I'll change it. Like in the middle of a program, if a question comes up, I'll bring up a video or some resource document. I'll change the quizzes for that week if I needed to, or the assignments, because I know this is what they need, or this is what I hear they need. And once again, it's all about that conversation in the program. So these are live courses. Let's keep that conversation going. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we meet each week and really try to develop their skills. And a lot of them know the stuff, but it's that confidence builder for them. I have manufacturers coming to the individual trains. I have consultants coming because they want to learn and just have that communication style. Get some questions answered. I don't have all the answers. I tell them I don't have all the answers, but what I'm willing to do in these programs is go find the answers out for you. What are your means of delivery? I'm sure some of it through your website, people could find this out, but take us through the training aspect, the communications and media. You're in a lot of places. Talk about those places. So for the social media side, all that's, a lot of that stuff I just do for the industry. The YouTube videos, the LinkedIn videos, the Instagram or Facebook, TikTok, all these different platforms I'm on. It's really just to help people out there to learn a little bit, a little bit at a time. I've been doing this for a year and a half now and even longer putting videos out, but just giving little tips and tricks over time, hopefully help them a little bit. When it comes to my programs, though, that's where we dive in. That's where if people want to take their game to the next level is that's where I spend the time to get them to where they want to be or need to be. A lot of people I've seen in my programs from the very first session to the very last session, they're a different person because it's not only about the technical stuff because a lot of people come to the program and think it's all technical. Well, it's not all technical. A lot of the stuff you already know, but it's the way I deliver it. A lot of people say the way the conversations that we have that make them think a little bit differently. And that's really what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's not me giving all the answers or showing them all that stuff. It's me helping to get a burning desire inside them or strike a curiosity that they weren't really, maybe they've been not thinking about for a long time or asking that why. Because like I said, five, six, seven years in the industry, I wasn't that confident. I didn't have the experience, even though that I've been in there long, I didn't have that mentor or that coach that I really believe in now. Being a coach, having coaches and mentors is so important. And I feel that's what I bring to these programs is try to mentor and coach them as well as spin that technical side on, give them some tips, but get them to think more because some of my programs are four weeks long, some are six weeks long, some are eight weeks long, depending if it's individual or for a contractor. But that's a very short period of time. How can I strike a burning desire after that four weeks for them to continue to want to learn. And that's the big thing. And if I can strike three or four people in a program to want to continue to learn, that usually pays for the program, definitely for a contractor, but for that individual themselves. You talk about building a positive culture, developing leaders internally. That's where you can work on those mindset changes that have a lasting impact. Yeah. And it's so important. What I try to do in the program, sometimes the contractor's paying for their technicians to come. 
what I talked with the technicians about, not everybody's going to pass if you don't put the work in. So this is something I tell everybody. It doesn't matter individual or if it's a contractor one, not everyone's passed. You won't pass or get a certificate of completion if you don't put the work in. So in my programs, we'll meet each week at the same time usually, and we'll talk about a different subject. We'll do some talk about personal development stuff, depending on the program and who's in it. And then afterwards, there's work. So the two-hour session is the easy part, coming in and learning. It's then the quizzes, the assignments, the videos they got to watch, the podcasts they got to listen to during that week. And then each week, we'll go back over those assignments and talk about them a little bit. And then we'll do that week over week. And then during the week, they'll send some pictures in or they'll send a PNID or Python schematic or I had this question and let's bring it up in the program. Because it's not about what I show up for slides or for videos. It's about the questions that they have in the field. Well, I ran into this. Did anybody have this issue? And let's talk about it. I think that's where a lot of people enjoy the programs because it's about them. It's not about me because I know what I know and I know a little bit and I'm trying to share that knowledge. But at the end of the day, when I'm in a group and I have, say, 20 professionals, there's a lot of knowledge there. And we try to share it as best as possible. Well, I try to get them to share. <laughs> so it's done a virtual connection? Yeah. So we'll do It's usually Zoom that I would use because everybody pretty comfortable with that one. So that's the one I use that platform. And do you have sometimes a mix of students from different businesses, different parts of the world even? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have people from Australia, Nigeria, South Africa, New Zealand, the US, Canada, UK, everywhere. So lots of people come to the program. But it's a well-diverse as well. Sometimes I'll have a group of people. There could be seven technicians, three OEMs, a couple consultants. So it's not always just technicians in these programs. There's lots of technical people from different organizations that aren't in the field, but they want to learn a bit more about compressors or supermarket or CO2. Can you talk about the trends in CO2? Where is it headed? I've been seeing some things, but I'd like to hear your viewpoint. Just start preparing. Don't be afraid of it. Everyone's worried about these pressures. That's the last thing you need to be thinking about. That's striking down your confidence. If you can work on an R22 system right now, you can work on a CO2 system. There's a little bit more controls to it, a little more components to it. This is what I tell everyone. If you understand the basics of refrigeration, the fundamentals, if you understand at a ground level, all that stuff, superheat, subcooling, glide, heat of compression, compression ratio, which you need to know, it doesn't matter what, if you're working on chillers, if you're working on a spaceship for air conditioning, whatever it is, that might be far out there. But if you know that at a deep and fundamental level, you can take your commercial HVAC guy and go put him on a rack. He will need some guidance, but if he understands the principle, okay, I got more solenoids. I got a bunch of cases connected together this way. Because if you work on, say, VRF system, that's no different. You got a bunch of cassettes or you got a bunch of air units that are connected together by electronic valves. And so it's think of what you work on now and how do you implement it there? Because if you work on just say appliance refrigeration, but you know it at a fundamental level, I know there's a compressor, I know there's a condenser, I know there's some type of metering device, and I know there's some type of evaporator. That's the formula. And this is what I'm trying to talk about in CO2 is. I work with a lot of supermarket and commercial refrigeration technician. I'm starting to work with more on the HVAC side because CO2 is in the HVAC side. There's air conditioning, heat pumps, and they're coming, especially with regulations, the AIM Act and all that stuff. And a lot of people don't know that here in Canada, this year, just January, there's no more new system with 410 in it. 
So and same in the US, depending on what state you're in. So just realize these refrigerants, they're changing, but it's the same thing. It's a refrigerant in the system. Okay, it's higher pressures. And I heard this stuff. I heard this the other day, actually yesterday. Somebody's telling people that if you got a leak and you put your arm across, it cuts off your arm. <laughs> cuts off your arm. So that's like a lightsaber. You're telling me if you have a leak, you got a lightsaber coming out of your system. It's just misinformation that there's people don't understand. And yes, is it higher pressure? But there's way higher pressures than things that you have in your house. So don't be worried about the pressure. Worry about not being curious enough, not asking why this is doing what it's doing. And when I teach CO2 and talk about it, and for sure, there's so many technicians when I work with contractors or individually, at first they're like, yeah, I was afraid of it. I heard about all these things, pressures and this and that and blow offs. After the problem, they're like, that's exactly what I'm working on now. I'm like, yeah, you just need to have the right information. Spend some time. It's like anything. You got to spend some time. You're going to work on, say, if I went out and worked on my air conditioner here at my house, I haven't done it in years. But if I stop, think about the flow, what's happening, where should I put my gauges on? Where should I put my meter on? What am I checking for? Why am I checking this? It all comes back to those basic principles and understanding the system. Is it more? Yes. You do need to get the electrical wire diagrams. You do need to get the piping schematics of that specific system. This stuff is hard to do sometimes. But when you do it and you start to learn it, you start to learn something new and that builds those reps inside you. It sounds like the thing you should fear is losing interest. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's the thing that has kept you going and driving you. Now, what led to Refrigeration Mentor? Like, how did you develop this plan to put these things together? Does it look different now than it did when you first conceived of it? And about when did you conceive of it? I was working at Copeland at the time, and they're awesome there. They treated me so well. They helped educate me. They here in Canada, what a great team. But I came to a point where everybody loved the trainings I was doing and I was changing, helping change people, but I wasn't changing or helping as many people as I wanted to. Because working for a manufacturer, you got limitations, right? Because there is, at the end of the day, they have to sell a product. They do need to make money and it's totally fair. But I was at, when I started thinking about this a few years ago, is that it's not only the refrigeration side I want to help affect, but it's that personal development side. Because at the end of the day, everything's learnable. All the stuff that we do, well, everything you know, Bill, is learnable. Everything I know is learnable. But can I be the person to help change or affect change in someone to become better at refrigeration, better personally and professionally? A thought I want to explore with you. Do you ever run into people who want to hoard or covet knowledge? And it doesn't seem like you're like that at all. Yeah, there is. How do you address, you ever run into that in your trainings? I mean, broadly, you don't have to be specific on people, but how do you address that? I have it lots of times. There's lots of times there's people in trainings that don't want to share. And that's okay. Some people don't. But inside the trainings, what I give people opportunities to share. And that's why I do, my groups don't go over, I don't go over 30 people for sure. Usually I like to keep them around 20 to 25. And that gives a well-mixed, perspective. So I'd like to have some experienced people and some inexperienced people like three, four, five years in industry, not green. I have a lot of people that say, well, I got these brand new people out of high school or just out of school. If they don't know how to use gauges yet, they don't know what they are. They don't know how to put them on because I do all virtual training. So it's like this, me and you are talking here, you see each other. 
they need to know what I'm talking about and be able to go apply that in the field. So if I say, go do these checks on a compressor, they need to already know how to do that. But I'm just giving them a guidance on the things that they should be doing or the things that they were never taught to be checked. And so this is the difference between my trainings compared to what I used to do is because and an assignment could be them actually going to do some sort of maintenance for potentially or some check in the system. And that's why I'm guided around where I was at four or five or six years in. Because I've had people say, well, I wish it was more hands-on. Well, I'm working with you that you're already the hands-on person. You're the professional out there. So I let them know when we talk about this, you're the one that's got to go implement this stuff. Like if I do a piping schematic assignment, they need to go implement it. The only other thing is I could fly out there, I could hold their hand, and I could pump down a rack for them, for an example, or pump down a system. I want to give them the confidence to go out and do it and try it. And don't be afraid. If you make a mistake and something happens, it happened to me. But I'm showing you the stuff where that shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Where you don't have to smash a compressor where I did because I didn't know that I shouldn't open that or shut that or change that or burnt out that controller because this is what to talk about. And then it's up to them to make that decision. Like I had a guy, a technician that I trained on a CO2 program back in February, email me today. He's like, well, I've been pumping down this, all the people that we work with, we were pumping down the system like this. Can I try it like this? I'm like, if you're asking me, you know what the answer is already. It's like, okay. So today he said he's going to go out and he's going to do it the way the manufacturer recommends out of the manual. He hasn't done it before. It's, "Ah, I didn't do it before, a little nervous. But after you do it once, twice, three times, it's just, okay, I've done it before. It's, you need to break that ice. And that's what I'm doing with some of my programs. What's next with Refrigeration Mentor? There's a lot on the go. One of the things that I'm working towards is being, and I'm going to be one of the top refrigeration speakers on the planet. So I'm going to start trying to work real hard to get into events, speaking at more bigger events on refrigeration. Like I did one this year at the AHR show on CO2. Like that was probably like my biggest event as refrigeration mentor to speak at, which I was pretty excited about. So I want to get into more public speaking for our industry, really help bring value to the industry. So not only contractors and technicians and refrigeration professionals, but as well as the public. Let more people know that refrigeration is a thing. There's a huge opportunity. Like I started out as a working in the field, but I worked my way up through all these different careers. Now I have multiple careers just in refrigeration where I'm at running my own business. And I'm hoping to help start teaching and educating people to be able to do that themselves. That's awesome. Just a real story of commitment. You had the desire, you had the curiosity. Don't take this wrong, but you didn't always know what to do but you went ahead and did something. I still don't know what I, <laughs> I still don't know, Bill. Come on now. Just doing it, just putting the work in. And I don't get up at 5 a.m. for nothing. I get up because I got up a purpose. And you got to find your purpose in refrigeration or in HVAC. Why are you doing it? If you're just doing it for the money, then you're going to run into a lot of issues. Because I did it for the money for many, many years until I realized like working 60 hours or 70 hours a week was not the thing. The money was great, but at the end of the day, didn't get to see my wife, didn't get to see my kids. And when I was younger, that's what I wanted. I wanted to put the work in. I wanted to make that money. I wanted to pay off that student loan me and my wife had. And I just crushed it. Not knowing I was even doing it. Things fall into place. But if you don't take the action, you don't put the work in, you're just going to be drifting. And then two or three or four years going, because that's what really afraid me. I'm like, what happens if four years go by and I don't have nothing I got accomplished? So I'm guessing you probably have some written plans or goals for yourself and your business. Is that correct? 
Yeah. So we're on a call right now. If I look at my board, they're right in front of me. I look at them like every day. Like it's something. That is so critical. Yeah. To keep it in mind, to keep it in front of you and to spend the time with that. We can wrap up here. I'll put in the show notes how to contact you. Website's the best way. Yeah, head to refrigerationmentor.com. If you're interested as a technician to learn about more of the individual courses, go to courses and then upcoming courses. I got one starting next week. I got some in a month time. So I got lots of courses. I just did an eight month outline because a lot of people were asking like, Trevor, I want to see your schedule. I finally made a schedule for everyone. It's just a lot going on. So I got like an eight month schedule now for all my individual courses. And yeah, head to the refrigerationmentor.com website. You can contact me through there info at refrigerationmentor.com as well as youtube like i got 300 videos lots on co2 lots on refrigeration little tips and tricks for things you can get on linkedin i'm very active on linkedin just putting content out personal development as well as technical content tiktok instagram facebook all those platforms you can find me it's funny my wife went on to google and wrote up refrigeration mentor and it's like oh you popped up it's like because a year ago, Refrigeration Mentor didn't pop up. So it's starting to get there. So anytime if you guys listen to or watch any videos, please like or share them so other people can find it out. It's just free content to help somebody else out. And anything that I ever teach you, share it with someone. If I teach it to you, share it with someone that you're learning it twice. I learned that from a guy named Jim Quick of his book called Limitless. And I'm not affiliated with any of these books, but is it, to be honest, ever since I started reading, like dedicated reading about four or five years ago, that's when my life started to change, Bill. Wow, that's really awesome. Trevor, I didn't know this much about you before we start this call, this podcast, and I really appreciate you sharing and being so willing to share. I think that just seems to be part of your nature. Oh, I was going to ask you one more question. What were you like as a kid? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. I was very shy. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't leave my mom or dad's side, my mom's side for sure. Yeah, I was a super shy kid. I guess in high school, I think I started to open up a bit more, but I was really, as a kid, I was pretty shy. Awesome. Another transition. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us here on the Building HVC Science Podcast. Tremendous story. Listeners, please take a look. And if you can, take his courses because that will continue to allow him to make free content if he continues to have a business rolling in this endeavor. So please keep this guy funded when you can, where you can, by attending the courses. Thanks again, Trevor. Thanks, Phil. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Building HVAC Science, and hopefully you picked up a few tidbits of information from Trevor Matthews as we discussed the topic of mindset and determination and how they made the mentor, the refrigeration mentor. There's a lot of other great trade-related resources and influencers out there, including HVACR School, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, HVACR Videos, HomeDiagnosis.tv, the AC Service Tech, MeasureQuick, and the HVAC Grapevine. I also host the ResTalk podcast, where you can learn more about the rapidly expanding world of home energy ratings and peripheral topics. If you've liked what you heard here today and you've not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. And if you want to reach out and get in touch with us, drop an email to marketing at truetechtools.com. Full disclosure, I'm a co-owner of True Tech Tools, where you can get a lot of great tools and test instruments and products. You'll be hearing more about those in the podcast too. That's www.truetechtools.com. And you can use the offer code, code, <laughs> 
like not to offer cold, to offer code, HVACBS for a nice discount. And I'll leave it up to you to figure out what that BS means. Okay. I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast and hope you come back again to listen more about building science and HVAC at the Building HVAC Science podcast. Take care.